He slept in his parents' bedroom until he was 13. He wet the bed until he was 14. He doesn't know how to ride a bike. Apparently, he has friends. Welcome to Socially Awkward with Evan Wexel. Wexel. All right, guys, welcome to Socially Awkward with Evan Wexel, as George Takai would say. Hello. Uh, we're going to keep things kind of short this time around because I want to get right to the interview with my new Facebook friend. Usually I like to interview a different Facebook friend every week, and I needed to get this person to be my Facebook friend right before we started the interview, so I did that. His wife joined and befriended me hours before the interview, which was a smart move. What happened was I was in Oregon on Saturday and I did a show at Linfield College, which was a great time. And uh, two friends that just moved there uh, came to the show. So I figured, you know what? What are you guys doing afterwards? Would uh, one of you guys want to do a podcast? So my guest this week is, I guess he was a freelance director and he just kind of like said, you know what? I've always loved fantasy. Let me just start writing fantasy novels and just not fantasy novels, really, like series of novels, like groups of three. So he is now a prolific fantasy author. You can get his stuff on Amazon. It's the Underrealm series. So we're going to hear about that. We're going to hear about why he chose to move from L.A. to Oregon Um it's honestly, I, I was in the house. It's already already a nice, much nicer house than uh, what they have in LA. So, um, author Garrett Robinson is on the podcast this week, and uh, his wife Megan, who was Facebook friends with me longer than Garrett was. Uh, Megan was my Facebook friend four hours. Garrett was four minutes before. But that's beside the point. They crossed the plane of the goal line before we got down to business. So. We're going to get to the interview. First, let me remind you guys to like, share, subscribe to the podcast, write a five-star review for iTunes, which helps me out. Um, Any comments you can share are great. Uh, We are on Facebook and Twitter at at AwkwardWithEvan. The website is AwkwardWithEvan.com, where you can listen to all my past Facebook friend guests. Um, We just came off a great interview with Ryan Miller. Who knows what the future is going to bring, but I can tell you what the present is all about. It is about the man, the fantasy myth, the writing legend, Garrett Robinson. Okay, we are back on Socially Awkward, and this is the randomest of randoms because I am in Oregon. I just did a show at Linfield College. And two of my newest Facebook friends were in the crowd. I am now interviewing one of them, uh, Garrett Robinson, an author, people, an author. Go on Amazon. Garrett, say hello. Hi. So, Garrett, fantasy? You, it's fantasy author? Yeah, straight up Lord of the Rings type stuff. How, how many books do you now have that you've done? Because uh... I saw a picture of, like, a collage of titles. Six, seven, no, eight, eight out so far. When did you start the first one? Uh, two years ago. Whoa. Mm-hmm. So was it just like a decision to just, I just want to write now all the time or what was the well, impetus? Yeah, I was, uh, I mean, I was doing film back in the day and I was trying to make it go as a, as a freelance, uh, filmmaker as right. an indie 
and uh, it's hard, it turned out. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, nobody wants you to direct a movie at all, ever, Weird. unless you're already rich. I know, it's crazy. Damn it, L.A. Yeah, what the hell? So uh, I actually started taking, I had this idea for a fantasy, uh, I wanted to do, and I know this sounds like an oxymoron, but I wanted right. to do a low-budget fantasy series yeah. as, like, a web series. Okay. Um, and... The more I kept developing the idea, the more it grew and grew and grew until I realized that, like, there was no way to do it low budget at all. Yeah. So somebody actually came up with the idea of turning it into a book instead of a script and trying to sell it that way because you can just, like, sell books directly right. through Amazon. And so I did that. And I started this series uh, two years ago. And it actually didn't really – it didn't really work until – no – yeah, two, two, two and a half years ago was when I started this series. And then about a year ago, it actually took off. Uh-huh. Before that, I was still having to work jobs, you know, like a regular freelance yeah, job. Yeah. Um, and then a year ago, it just became my living. And now, you know, my wife doesn't have to work. She works with me. Wow. I know. So, like, when it started working, it was like you had written the first three? Yeah. Or do you... And the, what's... Because what was the goal? Like, it's, it's also like you got to get a, the series all on at once? No, or? not really. I... See... It's not <laughs> the weird thing about it that a lot of people don't get is like not that they don't get, but that like I sometimes have difficulty. Not everybody's turned on by this idea, but they say, "So how many books are there going to be?" Or like, "When are you going to finish writing it?" Right. What I actually want it to be, I'm I've written uh, so far eight books in th- uh, three different series. Whoa. And but they're all in the same world, and they're all related to each other. Right. And so what it is is it's basically the fantasy version of like the Marvel universe. Okay. So I got like my one series about my one character, one series about a different one, one series about a different yeah. one. One of them's a thief, one of them's a wizard, one of them's a warrior, all this sort of stuff. Uh-huh. But they they interact and interlink. Uh-huh. And like on Marvel, like spy, when is Spider Man going to be done? Yeah. He, he's not. I kind of want to just <laughs> keep it all going. I kind of want the whole thing to develop. I want to bring in other authors. I'm not ready to do anything like that. And yet. then they can all form a TV sitcom, like yeah. The Wizard, The Warrior, and no, I actually have. <laughs> I have like my Avengers mo- like book coming yeah. next year, where wow. it's a book where all of them get together and like they all go on a. So, Whatever. so do they all have the same title or do the series have their own titles? The, uh, the series? series have different titles. What is the name of the series? So the first series is the Nightblade Epic. Second okay. series is the Academy Journals. And yeah. the third series is Tales of the Wanderer. Okay. Yeah. So it's basically it's just Lord of the Rings-esque. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Okay. And it's not – it's 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 I, I like the Lord of the Rings comparison more. Like a lot of people are like Game of Thrones. To me, like I don't really <laughs> like how – a lot of media is like super like dark and depressing and uh-huh. Game of Thrones is right up there. Walking Dead is right up there. Right. So it's like I my promise is that like my fantasy, like you're actually gonna have some fun, you're gonna enjoy okay. it. Like so Lord like of the Rings. Lord of the Rings meets the Care Bears. So that's good. <laughs> no, 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 no. I know. Like... I... <laughs> Upbeat guys. You're uh, not gonna finish book three and wanna kill yourself like with Game of Thrones. That that's true. Where were you a fantasy fan growing up? Oh, yeah. Or okay, what was yeah. your thing growing up then? What was like your Lord of the Rings? Okay. Because <laughs> when the, when is was it when the movies came out or even before the movies? No, I started reading my dad gave me the book uh, when I was 11, and right. actually, that's it right over there. That's the Whoa. book he gave me. And I've read it once a year, every single year since then. So I've read okay. that book like 20 times. I think I remembered Lord of the Rings as, it was like maybe a TV movie, like in the 80s or yeah. something? It was it was made into like a really bad animated film. Okay. And uh, it was so, it was so, so terrible. And then, when, of course, you know, me being like a... a 
jaded fanboy, when I heard that Peter Jackson was going to be making the movies, I was like, well, he's going to, it's going to be screwed up. It's going to be terrible. Um, and it wasn't. You know, the Lord of the Rings yeah. films are amazing. And so that's when, actually. When did the first one come out? Like 2000? 2000. Okay. And that was so that's what made me. start. Yeah, that's okay. what. The Lord of the Rings films made me want to be a filmmaker. Okay. That was what made me, like, get started on all that. Good. We're still going. I'm just trying to unlock my phone. Oh, God damn. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, Okay. Any other genres you were a fan of, or I like sci-fi. Okay. Uh, I actually want to do some sci-fi projects in the future, but like I, I love sci-fi. But even when I love sci-fi, I love it to be sci- sci-fi with fantasy, like okay. Star Wars. I like Star Wars more than Star Trek. I realize that Star Trek has so many amazing things about it, right. but it is all science. Yeah. And Star Wars is like it's science, and there's lasers and spaceships, and then there's and we call them Jedi. Yeah. Um, Then, wow. So then where do you, I guess the series, so we've got eight so far. That means you have the third one in the third series is about, is on its way. Yes. Yeah. Can you write like just hours in a row or like, how do you, I can, I can, I can always work like a minimum of like three or four hours a day. Sometimes I can, I can do between like three and six a day. Yeah. And so I just, I sit down and I, I try to treat it like a job. Yeah. Uh, but like, I, like, I, I, I really <laughs> fucking love it. I love it a lot. Um, and like, that's of, that's of like straight up writing. So like I can, that's how long I can write per day. But then after that I can plan another book right. uh, or I can edit a book that I've already finished the first draft. Right. Um, and so that's like a lot of people say, Oh, you know, you, you, you write really fast. I mean, I don't think I put in more hours than, you know, your average working author in like a traditional publishing situation. I just think that I'm able to condense my hours a lot more than they are. How close when you're like, after you do your first version of writing it, are you like that much close to the final draft or do you oh, have yeah. to go, oh, you're like, you pretty much hit it the first time. I No, I, well, like the, the, the first draft is hardest. Yeah. I love planning. Yeah. And I love the editing and revision process. Right. I hate the first draft. Yeah. So it's like I'm planning and I'm planning and I'm planning and then eventually I get to the point where I get excited about writing the first uh-huh. draft and I have to capitalize on that as much as I can because by the time I'm a third of the way or halfway through the first draft, I'm like, I hate this, I don't like it, <laughs> and yada, yada, yada. Um, but then after that's done and yeah. I'm going through and fixing it, then I like I love it again. Yeah. So finishing the first draft always feels like this big major accomplishment. No, definitely. I mean, with with comedy songs, I have to like create a joke bank almost in a way because like because <laughs> yeah. you were like I did this song tonight where it's like the final two candidates are uh, Trump and Clinton, but I never refer to them. Like I basically compare them to different things right. like one is Nickelback and the other is Creed <laughs> or one is like George Clooney is Batman the other is Ben Affleck is Batman and like but I have to like compile those like little because if I na- break down that song it's like nine I need like nine places slots to fill yeah so I'm sure like with you like do planning out the stories it's the same deal like you've got to have your arc yeah yeah you know? I I'm a I'm a big believer in uh in this well, I, I say big believer, but it's yeah. like I, it's not like a thing. Right. But I think that story structure is really, really good and useful as a starting point. Mm-hmm. And I think that I think that it's a good place to begin. Mm-hmm. And then you sort of have to like sort of go your own way. And like what I mean by that is like I love the book Save the Cat. It's fantastic. Yeah. 
Um, it's for screenwriters, but right. I, I, I adapt a lot of the principles to my book. And so I figure out like a big, broad, general outline for the book using Save the Cat and this this outlining method called the snowflake technique. Mm -hmm. And then so I, I do that and I get the bare bones of the story. And so I know that the story is structurally sound. It's it's you know well paced. It's well it's it's got all of the, the it ticks all the boxes. Right. And then I take the outline and I do more with it. Okay. Like you can't you can't just go okay I filled in fifteen points on the save the save the cat checklist and now my story is ready to go. Yeah. Like you have to look at it and go okay am I still excited by this story? Does it do something new? Does it expand my horizon? Like, does it expand my skills and test my limits as a writer? Yeah. So I take that and then I work on it more and more and more and expand it and flesh it out until I've satisfied myself artistically as well as, um, like hit all of like the sort of more technical basics, I guess. I did air quotes, of course, but sure. useless. On that the, was air quotes, guys. That was air quotes. Um, so now you're, you're doing this in, in Oregon from LA. Is it easier to write now that you're in Oregon? I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I grew up in LA. Okay. And that might be part of the problem. <laughs> it's just like after 30 years of never living anywhere else. I, I mean, I lived in, I lived in, uh, Florida for a, a few months and New Zealand for one month. I Whoa. love New Zealand. I would love okay. to go back there. Yeah. But, um, but the rest, the entire rest of my life has been in LA. Yeah. I get what people love about LA. Right. I understand it, but 30 years. Oh my yeah. God. So, um, so, and, and also not that this is the most important thing, right? but you know, you go for, I, I, I walk a lot. I love to walk. And sure. when you go for a walk in LA, you're breathing in the car fumes oh, and yeah. you're in the desert and da, da, da. it doesn't exactly, it's not exactly conducive to like walking back and telling magical stories about forests yeah. and you know, these magical kingdoms <laughs> and blah, 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 blah. So, um, you know, now I go for a walk. I, if I walk, uh, five minutes away from my house, I'm in this gorgeous forest. Yeah. And it's just, it's so amazing. Yeah. So, um, so we, yeah, we moved up here a couple months ago and we really love it. Yeah. Anytime I ran in LA was, it's been 99% on a treadmill and maybe the <laughs> other 1% I was training for the marathon yeah. in New York. So I ran up to like the Hollywood sign or walked up, but yeah. yeah, I just, I can't run around the flatlands of LA. It's just not worth it. Okay. What else is on the checklist? Why else did you leave LA? Let's see. Uh, that's kind of it. I mean, okay. you know, obviously everywhere in the world is cheaper yeah, sure. uh, than LA. Sure. So, um, you know, not the, like we actually, we actually left LA right after we got to the point where we could afford LA. Oh, we wow. We were like, we were like, okay, so we can afford LA yeah. now, but we don't necessarily enjoy it all that much. Yeah. Um, so we came up here and Oregon's just, the whole Pacific Northwest is just amazing. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, the, the, really the only thing that we really miss about LA is our friends. Sure. We lived there for so long. Yeah. Um, but, uh, the world's a smaller place, I guess. Exactly. So, yeah. You know, we, we still, we're still connected to them and everything like that. I mean, there's certain things like there's not as many like good restaurants where we live and all that sort of stuff. But that's like, that's well, I told small... you tonight, tequila grill. Is I know. Like a, have you been there? I haven't. I'm so glad you mentioned it. Yeah. Cause I'm like, I'm, I'm trying to it's, find, it's like a cheap, it's like, they say it's like the, the, 
kid said it was like the Chipotle of McMinnville, but it's not. <laughs> it's not the Chipotle of McMinnville. It's like the. It's like the authentic family-run, nice. cash on the side of the road kind of place. <laughs> you know, adjacent to a taco truck, but still had more of an established location. So I love it. Yeah, I, I definitely want to go check that out. There's a lot of McMinnville is like this crazy. McMinnville is like if you took Silver Lake out of LA and <laughs> hometown. It's like this little hipster community. Yeah, there's all these nice restaurants where like they have all the dark wood, but then they leave the piping open on the ceiling so that it looks all like weird and yeah. sort of eclectic. It's it's good. It's a good I, place. Yeah, I'd never been there. I'd been contacting that school for probably a decade. <laughs> and the funny thing is the staff member there doesn't remember, but like four years ago when I was emailing that school, he emailed me back saying, please stop contacting me or I will use the spam laws to prosecute you. Or like, he threatened me basically as much as anyone what? has ever threatened me. I mean, I get a lot of like, please stop contacting me. I'm not the contact anymore. But this guy was like, maybe I caught him on a bad day. Like, I will use, you're breaking spam laws by contacting me. And wow. he, he he's probably gets a, a jillion of these every day. Sure. But uh, he didn't remember it and he saw I was okay tonight. So it was it was funny. The, I, I imagine that McMinnville is like Pleasantville, but with like nothing in it. Just like black and white gas it's stations. Pleasantville with a lot more suspenders, flannel shirts, and big beards yeah. that are not super well trimmed. Yeah, and it's good. It's not like most of America is pretty much like a self-replicating uh, group of chain restaurants. Yes. So it's like, you know, where's the Applebee's, where's the Ruby Tuesdays and the Subways and all that. Here it seems like there's a little more still like localness to it. Yeah. So that's a good neighborhood. And they're also very, like everyone around here is very obsessed with like artisanry. Art, <laughs> like bit, like uh, you've got the, all the these. bread or just art? In I think it was just right on that. Okay. As we were saying, yeah, everything so got, artisanry is. You got your. You, everybody's got a microbrew. Everybody's got their favorite, you know, like their their special homegrown, locally sourced bread and vegetables and all that sort of stuff. We literally we get our goddamn milk from a cow. <laughs> That's right over there. We can go see the cow. We can be like, hey, what's up, cow? Like there it is. We know the farmer. <laughs> and they're like, what's up, Gary? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> is that the talking cow in Oregon, cow. people. <laughs> If you didn't know, that's what Oregon's all about. Yeah. Um, but uh, and you know, we live in this really small town just outside McMinnville, which in LA would be like would be like Glendale and Pasadena, like yeah. that close to each other. They're yeah. like outside each other. Right. Um, but uh, but we live in this really small town uh, called Lafayette, and McMinnville claims McMinnville, which is to the west of us, claims to be the heart of wine country. And then Dundee is a town on the same freeway to the east of us, and they also claim to be the heart of wine country. So if they're the heart of wine country and they're the heart of wine country, we, in the middle, are literally the heart of wine country. And meanwhile, Napa Valley's like laughing at both of them. Like, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Wrong. Don't enter this game. Um, no, but there's like, there's all, there's just this metric uh, crap ton of wineries everywhere and like tasting rooms and like, I'm trying to get into wine. I don't understand how it works. I try to go into tasting rooms. I'm like, so tell me, I've heard, what's what's the bouquet? What is like, what's the after, how do I sniffed wine? What's the soup du jour today <laughs> of wines? So, um, but yeah, it's a, it's a really nice place. It, it It is like a small town feel, but like big town uh, politics, I guess. Yeah. Like McMinnville is like the one of the bluest places in the entire world. Which uh, to each their own. But right. I'm very freaking happy. Here. Yeah. Um, now I've seen a lot of uh, posted signs for the election coming up. For all all yeah. all the signs, not just like 
I've, I mean, I've seen not the in, Nationals, but all in the Washington State, I saw I saw some Gary Johnson stuff, but I've seen a lot of like senator, governor, yeah. councilman, all that jazz. So. Around here, there's all kinds of like there's there's these um, huge huge billboards. Uh, not billboards, but like yard signs right. posted in farms all around here um, for, I think it's Ron Noble. For, oh, I saw like, him. For city council. And he's got he's got more billboards than any of the presidential candidates. Yeah. He's just all over the place. He's like, I want to make real freaking sure, guys. We are on city council, right? Yeah? Okay, I just good. need 40 votes, guys. I just need 40. <laughs> not 39 like last time. I need 40 in this Not 39 town. like last time. <laughs> Gary. Gary. We all know. <laughs> freaking Gary. Um, but yeah. So you can write, hike, and run for office. That can be your triple threat. I, I swear, why does that, everybody makes that joke. Everybody's like, you should run for city council. I'm like, I, why would I, I want to, you why? Can, why city, why settle for city council when you can do state assembly? Oh my or God. Or do the third district court. Or last thing. city council person. Last thing in the entire world I want is to he, run for. You could run for the head of the PTA when your kids are old enough. You'd be head of the I don't want to, I don't want any of that. Okay. No, no. No, okay, that's fine. I am, I, I reject power. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh, cool, man. So that is one more time where, where the books are called what and they're available on Amazon, the names of the titles. Uh, so the books are called uh, The Nightblade Epic is one series. The Academy Journals is another series and Tales of the Wanderer. However, um, completely by accident, I named my world Underrealm. Okay. And for some reason, that's not a crazy name, no, Underrealm, it's right? It's enough. It's, you, you, you'd think that would be like a thing so that would So there's exist. another realm that is Underrealm? There's, yeah, oh, well, wow. there's a whole story behind that. Okay. You can read the books. Okay. But um, if you search Amazon, all of Amazon okay. for the word Underrealm, my books are the only things that show that's up. That's good. It's kind of cool. If we search Total Garrett accident. Robinson, are there other Garrett Robinsons that... There is uh, actually. Okay. And his middle name also starts with a B, and he goes by Garrett B. Robinson. Oh, man. And my middle name, middle initial is B. It's very freaking confusing. You guys so. should meet or fight. I'm not sure which one. One of the two. <laughs> He's got one book, a book on quitting smoking and one book of poetry. So we're not exactly So he needs a third book for his series. That's a really <laughs> crappy fantasy series. <laughs> Yeah, we're not exactly in competition, but uh, but yeah, yeah. My name, I, I am the first person that shows okay. up on Amazon. Um, and actually, if you go to uh, the website uh, underrealm.net, okay, um, you can get the first book that like begins the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, you can just get it for free. So that way, if you don't, and that's like, better than Phantom Menace. Even that's better. It's going to be better. It's the first in the series. It's going to be better than Phantom Menace. That's right. I guarantee. Could, I will make that guarantee. Could right be like here. Rocky One. Yeah, it could be that like Oscar quality. Um, but uh, but that way, if you don't like my writing, or mm -hmm. if you don't like uh, you know whatever, then you didn't waste any money. So please don't leave a bad review and on do Amazon. Do you think these books would translate better as a comic strip or a movie? No movie. Yeah, movie, movie or TV show. Okay. I I want to do a graphic novel. Okay. But I started writing so that I could do film and TV. Yeah, like that's the whole purpose. Yeah. So, so I'm always, I'm always, and I'm always thinking with it. Like I'm writing. Sometimes I'm writing a book, and I'm like, I realize that I'm restricting my my but. I like I'm writing for a low budget. Uh -huh. I'm like, oh, I shouldn't have it be too crazy because I because you know when we film this and and I'm like, no, no, I'm writing the book. If we have to adapt it down to a low budget, that's fine. So I have to let my I have to continually let myself go. And, on the books. And do you have like an author bio in the back about yourself? Yes. Like, okay. Yeah. 
Pretty, pretty good. Level-headed, nothing too uh, over the Super top. Super pretentious. No, <laughs> you can't write a bio about yourself and not be a pretentious douche nozzle. Yeah. You cannot. Yeah. So eventually I was just so like... So what's your douchiest thing in your bio? Oh, uh, uh, well, I mean, this is true, but, <laughs> um, but uh, the line is, the son of an author, uh, the son of a father who was an author and a painter and a mother who was a violinist and a singer, no one was surprised when he grew up to be an artist. Yes. And I typed that and I was like, that's so fucking pretentious, but I'm just going to pretend that somebody else wrote it. You have to be. (laughs) I can't see it. My my bio, I don't know, would be the son of a retired radiologist (laughs) who's Republican and not going to vote for Trump and a mother who does math. And has passed on the Pythagorean theorem to his chi- to her child. Good. That would be my bio, I guess. Flap. So. Do you remember the Pythagorean theorem? Hey, I I tutor it sometimes. All e right. Plus b squared equals c squared. Oh, good. 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 I am an ACTSAT whiz. Well, okay. I'm good at looking at the answers, and then I let them figure it out. So, <laughs> yeah. Awesome. All right, man. Well, it was a good time. I'm glad to be here in Lafayette, Oregon. It's a lot better than Lafayette, Pennsylvania, and other Lafayettes. <laughs> Uh, Agreed. Cool. So yeah, thanks for thanks for sitting down with me and letting me into your well carpeted office. Oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll see you soon, Garrett Robinson, guys. Underrealm.net. Go there. All right. I want to thank Garrett Robinson for coming on socially awkward with Evan Wexel. Definitely check out his series uh, at Underrealm.net. And if you search Garrett Robinson on Amazon, there may be other Garrett Robinsons, but there's only one under realm. So definitely search that on Amazon if you like reading fantasy. Um, Forgot to mention, it's a short episode, so I didn't do a little commercial in the beginning or actually in the middle with the jazz music. Uh, This podcast is made possible uh, by contributions from people like you at the risk of sounding like PBS people like you, um, by going to patreon.com slash funny Evan. Uh, that's a website where with your monthly kickstarting contributions, I can cover production costs and make time to put interviews like those together. So if you go to fun, uh, patreon.com slash funny Evan, you will see my fundraising goals, but you will also see the reward tiers that you guys can achieve by helping me out to a certain degree. For as little as a dollar a month, you guys will get the inside track on what I have coming up on the podcast. For $3 a month, I believe I will give you a certificate saying you are part of my awkward army. For $5 a month, cell phone wallet. Throw it on the back of your cell phone. Avoid the wallet. Make it easy when you go through airport security. So there's tons of other tiers. I updated them. I made them lower. I made them more friendly for you guys. So if you have any interest and you've enjoyed what I've been doing, by all means, contribute to patreon.com slash funny Evan, or at the very least, feel free to share this podcast with your friends on Facebook and Twitter. We are at awkward with Evan. The website for the podcast is awkwardwithevan.com. That gives you the whole feed to all the past episodes. And, you know, if you if we have mutual Facebook friends that you want me to interview, uh, give me a shout and I will get to them. Right now, we have a, a new Bon Jovi album that's going to be coming out in the next few weeks. And I'm planning to get some Bon Jovi fans on the podcast, maybe um, someone from within on the podcast. And also... Uh, I'm trying to wrangle my ex-girlfriend to get her on the podcast. So uh, we're trying to work that out. As you can see, this is why we didn't last. So (laughs) we're going to have some more fun on Socially Awkward with Evan Wexel. Thank you guys for tuning in and have a good one. 
Thanks for listening. Go to awkwardwithevan.com to like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. Now for Evan's mom to pick out his clothes for tomorrow. See you next time on Socially Awkward with Evan Wexel. 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 Wexel.